It is Tony Jigsaw Cotillo. You can follow him at tcotillo23. Tony, should we still be giving out the time here on live uh, Sports Talk Radio? No, man. Come yeah, on. Yeah, like okay. That, everybody's got well, – well, see, here's the thing. It's funny you mentioned about watches because I have a few watches. I, I haven't changed the battery in about 10 years, but they're iced out. They look fly, so I wear them anyway. <laughs> so I don't even know what the time is, you know, anyway. So it's not a big deal. But, uh, yeah, we don't, need, we don't need to break out the time. I no, that's one of those, like, we're, we're in the 21st century now. Like, we have, basically, there are about 100 different things that tell me what the time is that I can easily find. I don't think you need to hear it from Sports Talk Radio Guy. Uh, I just no, don't think... I completely agree. We got we got to work on bracelet with that a little. Yeah, bit. yeah, sure. but it's the the old school thing, you know. That's what that's what was taught, I guess, back in the day. I'm talking like it like it was really that old school. Like Sean is, yeah, let's you know, been you, in... you're, actually, you're talking like you're old. That's I know. the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, there are a couple things in radio we could probably get away from, and we do that all here. You know, like phone callers. Like, come on, we don't need to hear from all these people. We need to hear from Tony Jigsaw Cotillo, not random Joe Schmo from Conchahawken. I don't need to hear from well, people. Would beg to differ about that, John. But yeah, you never but, know. Come yeah. on, man. Do people really want to hear from Joe Schmo from Maniunk? Like, I don't want to hear it. I really, I really don't. Probably also people don't want to hear me ranting about it live on air here on the Daily Ticket, Fox Sports The Gambler, presented by Cure Auto Insurance, and they want to hear your fantasy advice, but I don't know. It's just I I got all my soapbox about radio things that we could probably do away with, but uh, I, I digress. Uh, Tony, so I guess May is where we do start looking at fantasy, and I'm sure you have, but now because we're... We just got a big-name player who's available. At least we knew, but now we know that he's available and going to be on a different team. And that's Julio Jones. Like That's a big thing to happen in May, at the at, near the end of May, to kind of throw off everybody's rankings, because why the heck not? Julio Jones, first of all, if he does go to another team, what do you think, what kind of fantasy value do you think he has? Because do, do we look at him... As a 32-year-old wide receiver, or do we still look at him as the dominant Julio Jones? You know, that's a good question. And I think it's one that's not going to be answered right away. Here's the problem about Julio Jones. I know you know as well as I do, John. One of, one of the things I always talk about is I don't place a premium price on touchdowns, especially when we were doing a PPR league and we're talking about wide receivers. Completely and agree with that. One of, Right, and that was one of the biggest detriments of Julio Jones. People would be complaining about all the time. Oh, he only scored two touchdowns. He only scored two touchdowns. But the thing with Julio Jones is, when healthy, and that's the thing, when healthy, uh, he's very consistent. Now, I wouldn't call him, you know, consistent week to week, and that's one of the issues. But he's consistent yearly about where his stock and his ADP value fall. So, it all there's two different versions of Julio Jones. Is it the Julio Jones? And it's the DFS streamer that you say, okay, I can pick my spots and I know he's going to go off. Or is the Julio Jones of, he's my traditional number one wide receiver, but I know it's going to be a roller coaster where he scores 25, 8, 13, 30, 22, 8. I mean, that's the problem with Julio Jones. Does Julio Jones benefit or maybe hurt his value from leaving Atlanta? Because that's a that's a pass-happy offense. Now, this season, if he was to stay there, you know we would expect some of the shares to go to, obviously, Calvin Ridley. Kyle Pitts was drafted in the first round, and we know the talent he has just coming out of college, and he was likely to demand a lot of targets there. Uh, so is this a good or bad thing, you think, for Julio Jones? 
you know, listen, he's 32 years old. He consistently deals with injuries every year. Uh, you know, he's had, always has the turf toe injury that you have to be, you know, you have to think about. But he still has, a, I think, a lot of leg left in his game. And I think it's actually a good thing. I do. Because even though Atlanta, and again, I think Matt Ryan averaged like 42 attempts last year per game, which is absolutely insane. They have so many hands out there to catch the ball. So he didn't become the focal point like he used to. And, and John, you heard this all the time. We'd always say, are they really using Julio Jones as a decoy? Right? And, and it would happen a lot. So I think he actually benefits by going number one to a team that's ready to win now. And number two, a team that's going to say, just like T.O. was in Philadelphia, we are going to surround this guy, or not surround this guy, we're going to pinpoint this guy as the number one offensive threat in our game, and we're going to make him excel. So I don't know if you've been able to hear teams that he's been rumored to go to. I know I saw a graphic of a reporter uh, that kind of named a few teams, which the Eagles were somehow on that list, like they are yeah, every single list. That. Yeah, I don't get that at all. But if you have any, heard any teams that he's been rumored to, is there a team that stands out to you? I know New England is definitely one of them. Yeah, I think uh, number one has to be uh, New England. Now, number one, it's rumor. Number two, it makes sense. But the one part about this that a lot of people are forgetting is the amount of money that Julio Jones is owed. Now, the NFL is different than than the NBA. You know, this is a you know you have a, a smaller cap this year because of COVID. It didn't go up in the percentages that it was supposed to. So you you have to get a team that not only fits talent wise and production wise, but money wise. So that's what you need to look at. So I'll give you a sleeper team that you look at. Here, how about the Cleveland Browns? And I say this because Cleveland Browns have $21 million under the cap. They also only have guaranteed money left for one more year of Odell Beckham Jr. So that's kind of a team that you may not think, what do they need him for? But here's the thing. He can fit in the salary cap. And the other guy look out, man, Kyle Shanahan is probably foaming at the mouth right now to get a number one threat like Julio Jones. And that's a team that's ready to win right now. So Chris Sims is reporting, and I'm taking this with a giant grain of salt, by the way, because I don't, I don't, Chris Sims is not a reporter. And so again, I'm taking this with a huge giant grain of salt, but he's, he's reporting that Julio Jones prefers New England and Tennessee. Uh, What would that do? Because AJ Brown's already there and he's very clearly the number one in Tennessee, but that offense, I don't know. Can that offense, I guess, sustain, uh, you know, two pass catching wide receivers like that. I, I don't feel like you can have two number one wide receivers on an offense that runs primarily through Derrick Henry. Well, you know what's tough about that is AJ Brown is not necessarily a burner. So AJ Brown is a, a bigger receiver that runs very crisp routes that has a lot of yards after the catch. Now he can go deep, but you know, you're essentially talking about Julio Jones is almost the same kind of receiver at this age of his career. So they lost a guy, a guy in Corey Davis, who was supposed to be your speedster, who went to the Jets. So I don't know how you fill that spot with a guy like Julio. I don't know if that works. I think that's why the dynamic in Minnesota worked so well last year with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, because Adam Thielen was the speed guy. Stephon Diggs was the possession guy. So I think that's the kind of scenario we have to look at. And don't count out Frank Wright. Don't, you know, and I hate to say I know Eagles fans would die. But I'll tell you what, if he somehow winds up in Indianapolis as Carson Wentz's number one guy, and then you still have Michael Pittman Jr., T.Y. Hilton as the speed guy, 
that's the, a logical location as well. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to see where it would land up. And I'm not going to lie, Tennessee would be really interesting if that were it to would. happen. Um, it would. It, it just it, it's all going to be on how Rabel runs wants to run that offense. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean, yeah, that's for all. sure. A lot of big. I'll tell you one thing though. I'd like to go in a barroom fight with those guys because they got a big body guys out there. Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, AJ Brown. I'm feeling pretty safe. Ryan Tannehill's right a big dude too. He's not small yes, either. He is. <laughs> yes, he is. He could probably he could spar a couple rounds. I guarantee you that. Yeah, um, we're talking with Tony Jigsaw Cotillo. You can follow him at tcotillo23. And I know it's still early here in the um, the fantasy football Never process. I early. guess you're right. It's the <laughs> I've already done a best ball draft, by the way. Um, oh, beautiful. But where are you seeing the most value? Um, is it maybe on rookies? Is it on you know teams that people just stay away from? Because I'm not gonna lie, I did a best ball and I felt like I saw a ton of value from Jacksonville players. You know, I think Trevor Lawrence and that offense is getting ranked way too low for I think where they're going to end up. Uh, but uh, just so far, have have you seen any value? Or what's kind of stood out to you in terms of value? Well, you know, I'll be honest with you. There's a couple guys, and I actually just profiled this over the weekend and last week. You know, the running back position is so interesting after probably the top three or four. It's really a crapshoot. So ADP values are all over the map. I mean, guys like Austin Eckler at number 12, I mean, I, I can't see him finishing as a top 12 back. I finish, see him finishing inside the top 10. Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, both guys with ADPs outside the top 10. I'll tell you what, Cam Akers for me could easily be a number five fantasy running back this year, easily, in that offense. So that brings over Matt Stafford, and you still have all the options on the outside. So, I mean, to me, wide receivers, I say this all the time, I'm a big, and you know this, I still say my number one overall pick would be be, um, Devontae Adams, as long as Aaron Rodgers does not leave right. Green Bay because he's very consistent. But if it's not, you know, if those top five or six or seven wide receivers, I'll tell you what, from like eight to 25, any one of those guys can be legit. So I think the value is at the running back position this year after, you know, I would say in running backs after pick six. So you have your top five that are kind of set, but after that, huge value from six to ten. So I, I will ask you this because it, it kind of it was jarring to me, but I don't know if it should be or you know what the actual you know, where you think these two should be ranked. But it's two wide receivers in Cincinnati: Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. T. Higgins was taken way before Jamar Chase. I don't think that should be the case. I think Jamar Chase immediately goes into that as the number one wide receiver in Cincinnati. That's an interesting question because, you know, and don't leave out our boy Tyler Boyd. Either, yes, right? well, so, he's different, right? Because right? he's going to be the slot. Like, he should fit right. no matter what in there, I think. Right, but but here's the thing. You know, I'm glad you said that because if you have Jamar Chase as a long guy, you have T. Higgins as a big long guy, and you have Boyd as a slot, you have a guy in Joe Barrows coming back from an ACL injury that needs to have the short passing game and the quick outs and the hot routes the guy that's going to actually take precedence is going to be Tyler Boyd. So you, you, you have to look at how that offense is going to be constructed. But to look at T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, I'll tell you what, it's the chemistry, right? It's, it's absolute chemistry. Even though Burrow had chemistry before he went out with the injury, he's going to go dial it back to LSU days and get that chemistry going with Jamar Chase. And it's going to instantly click. And he is so exciting 
on the football field. And I, I agree with you. I would 100%. I know like, oh, he's rookies or doesn't matter. I would 100% take Jamar Chase over T. Higgins this year in fantasy football drafts. Yeah, and I do bring that up because uh, Joe Burrow did hit the field today, and we did see him for the first right. time practicing. In the, yeah, and you know, he, obviously you can't see much, and it's no contact, but moving around well, all that, and I think everybody was taking note of it. Joe Burrow, where do you rank him for this season? Mm. You know, that's so tough, man. When you come off injuries like that, it, it really is. And that was a pretty devastating injury. First time. You know, he's coming back and facing adversity from an injury like that, too, right? So that, you know, we, we've seen, we, listen, you go back to days of Carson Palmer. When Carson Palmer first came back from his first ACL tear, man, was he soft. He wanted no point of any contact. He wanted nothing to do with it. It took the second tear in order for him to, him to realize what the rehab would, would take and what being hit again, what, what, you know, what kind of hurt that would be. So, I think it all depends on on how he looks and the way he's going to react to contact. So, I, listen, the quarterback position, you know, after the top 10, between 10 and 15 is going to be where he falls. But I'll tell you what, the way he was playing on a top 10 level before he went out, even like a top 7 level, right? So, I mean, if he's healthy with those weapons on offense, he can very well be in the top 8 when we talk about quarterbacks. I'm, I want to do another best ball. I, I'm getting the itch now for another best ball I, draft, Tony. I, I love it, man. This is listen. I, as much as you like baseball, as much I as love you baseball, like baseball, and I'm watching. Every, right? I'm watching baseball every single day. But, but man, I love fantasy football, football drafts. Man, football just takes precedence. Man, I'm sorry. It does. It's another different level of juice, man. It really is. It just you, you can't even you can't squeeze enough out. You got to keep squeezing and squeezing, and you still get energy out of it. I love it. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I completely agree. We're talking with Tony Jigsaw Cantillo. You can follow him at T Cantillo twenty three and Heat Ratio Sports. It's where you can find his work. He's joining me on the Doctor Gladry Grew Your Hairline. Um, so I, I just need to bring this up, by the way, Tony, <laughs> because I'm sure you would have a nice opinion on it. Uh, so Bryce Harper finally, by the way, placed on the IR. Finally. I don't know if you saw that. Okay, so he yeah. finally got placed in the I.L. So yeah, this is from Matt Gelb, and I guess Girardi's uh, saying this before the game today at a whatever you know pregame uh, press conference are doing, but Girardi said, this is from, again, Matt Gelb on Twitter, Girardi said he withheld information and did not tell the truth to reporters asking about Harper's health over the last few days because he believed it was a competitive advantage. That is, without a doubt, 100% absolute baloney. Yeah, what? Come on, man. Like, what, what is wrong with Girardi this year, John? Like, I don't... I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. Enough, like, did we not see enough of him in New York? Like, were we completely blindsided here? Like, I... I don't know what happened to him. He is not the manager that I thought he was. I'll nope. tell you that right now. Not even close. No. No, I mean, this is the what, maybe the, if not the worst, you know, the second the worst defensive team in all of Major League Baseball. Fundamentally, they don't even, they're not running the bases right. They're, they're, they're not making the right plays in the field. You have guys like Gene Zagor laying down on the field for three to four seconds, popping off inside the clubhouse. I mean, come on. You get control of your players, man. Come on, Joe. I, I, Joe used, I thought Joe was the hard-nosed Billy Martin kind of guy. Like, what, what? he got soft in his old age, man. I don't get it. And also, in, in not disclosing the Harper injury, basically yeah. threw Harper under the bus. 
Like Harper yeah. had to take, took the brunt of the, okay, you're not playing well. They're saying there's nothing wrong with you. So you're just playing like crap and, you know, your body language is bad. I mean, it, he basically threw his $300 million player and his face, the, the face of the franchise under the bus. And that doesn't sit not, right with yeah. me at all. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And not just that. He treated us all like we're a bunch of idiots because yes, we all yes. knew. We all knew something was wrong with Bryce Harper. We knew. He, he wasn't seeing the ball right. He's a violent swinger. He could barely swing the bat. I mean, come on. We're not idiots. We know. We're one of the most educated fan bases in all of sports. So you can't, get, you can't hoodwink us like that, man. You just can't. And I'm really surprised at Joe this year. I really am. He's very disappointing to me. I don't get it. And, and now that you know we're, we're in May, we're about to be in June mm-hmm. very soon. I mean, the Phillies aren't looking great. Now there's plenty no. of time, obviously. But this is getting, it's getting real concerning. And I think Joe Girardi, to me, and the way he's managing this team, and just the Phillies organization in general. Like, I, I feel like we're now seeing that the Phillies' issues run very deep. From the top of the organization, from their owner, all the way down to the minor league system and the awful, rotten players that they have in the minor league mm. system. This is... I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is too much. I'm, I'm getting too invested or at least focusing too much on what's going bad now. But as I'm seeing everything go bad with the major league team, it's showing, I think, a lot as we dig deeper, some of the real awful stuff and, and just how awful this organization really is. Are you feeling yeah, the same they way? Actually, they, I was blindsided. I really was. I mean, I, I thought I did not realize the holes on this team were, were as severe as they look right now. I really don't. I, I'm really, really shocked. You know, there was a – I mean, listen, you, you have even left field's an issue now, man. Like, I, I mean, look, look, I love cuts and all, but come on, man, you're getting a little long in the tooth and it's coming back from the injury. I mean, you're, you're, and you're asking guys like Brad Miller to be to, – to, to basically be an everyday player. That's not what – when you start looking at your bench to help you and to, and, and to play meaningful innings as a starter – that means 100% you have major problems on your team. And if we're relying on, on guys like Brad Miller to pick up the slack on a day-to-day basis, we definitely have to look in the mirror and figure out what we can do. And I know Dan Browski is, is, is the guy to do it, but, John, like you said, I don't even know if he has enough in the farm system to even make a move. He doesn't. No, there is not anything in this farm system. And uh, Mickey Moniak is one who was a first overall pick, and they don't even want to bring him up right now. They, they have yeah. no interest in bringing him up. It's it's a shame, man. I mean, I think the only guy you have maybe is Bryson Stott. I mean, that's, that's basically what you have. Oh man, I, yeah, I, uh, right? I mean, I get. I know you're you're completely right, <laughs> but also that would be ruining this guy's career early, or a, a possible ruining of this guy's career early, and and I just don't want that. Like I, I he probably is. You're right, ready more than almost any other player in that minor league system, but just I I don't want to see it. No, no, I agree. I mean, listen, just, I mean, one of the biggest things, though, John, they need to get healthy, right? They yes, need to get yeah. healthy. You, you, you've been playing with that, two of your, essentially, two of your, your best players in a lot of which, JT Romuso and Bryce Harper, because we all knew he was injured anyway. So you're playing without those guys. And Aaron Nola coming off small again, man. I, I, I listen, I, I don't know what to take with Aaron Nola. I don't. He's too inconsistent for my blood, man. He, he, he gives us one good performance and then three bad ones. I, I don't know what to think of it anymore. Yeah, is that a worry now, the starting rotation? Yeah. Um, 
I know we the back end of it, but Nola and Eflin have been a mixed bag now. Wheeler, I mean, there there's no complaints about Wheeler, but I, I think let's just put that out there. I know there it's been all negative so far talking to Phillies, but the positive is Zach Wheeler's been everything, actually more than advertised. I will say uh, he's been yeah. way more than advertised. He's been outstanding, but I mean Nola and Eflin. I will admit there's there's a little concern for me there. Yeah, I, well, it, it should be. I mean, that's that is your ace and. Uh, you know, right now, Zach Wheeler is your ace, but Aaron Nola was supposed to be your ace. And, you know, Zach Eflin, the only good thing I can tell you about Eflin is he, he has a lot of good quality starts. So he may not, you know, he may be inconsistent, you know, with some of his commands. Right, but, he's you know, in, completely imploded, I guess. Is right. The right. He hasn't done yeah, that. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But but the bullpen's an issue again. We just wrote this out last year. Here we are again, another year where we can't rely on anybody to come out of the bullpen to get it out. And again, that goes back to your point about our farm system being horrendous. Because every good team in Major League Baseball brings up guys from their farm system to fill in the bullpen and be consistent and get you out. Not trading prospects for bullpen arms. And that's what we keep doing, and that's what's killing us. We're talking with Tony Jigsaw Cotillo. You can follow him at tcotillo 23 Tony, so you are one, and I, I want to ask this question to you, because you're one, I feel like, that can debate a topic all the time, every single day, the same topic. Like you're one of those that can just do it. It's it's a talent, and it's something I I can't do, and it drives me nuts. Um, it, what what is that topic for you? Because Ben Simmons just continues every single game, every single day. Every like there are some people uh, that can talk about him and just think that that conversation's still fresh and not get like I get completely annoyed by it because that game happened Sunday. We talked about it. It's move on. Like it's. It's it's another day. He had a fine game. I, I don't know what anybody's complaining about, but it's just some people can bring it up all the time, over and over again. Is there a topic like that for you that you could just bring up that just because you need to make your point all the time? Well, you know, it's funny that you bring up the Ben Simmons thing because I, I'm actually surprised that how many people I don't in get the it. national media, I don't get in it. the national media, not just the local media, but nationally, killing the guy and. Listen, you know me, John. I'm one of the hardest guys. I've always talked about Ben, but here's what I'll say. I'm going to leave this discussion very short because I know you're annoyed by it and we're all annoyed (laughs) by it. But let's go back to 2003-2004 and look at the Detroit Pistons who won an NBA championship. And look at a guy named Ben Wallace. Now, I'm not saying that Ben – I'm not trying to say Ben Wallace is Ben Simmons here. Isn't Ben Wallace a Hall of Famer? Right. No. Yes. He, well. Well. Here's what. But. But I don't want everybody. Oh, listen to him, Jigsaw. Compared on the Ben Wallace. But what, what I'm trying to say is, look at the way that team was constructed. Chauncey Billups. Right. You, mm-hmm. you have Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace. Right. So. So you have your three scorers, and what did Ben Wallace do? Rebound uh, like crazy. Right. They built that team around Ben Wallace underneath. Now. I see what they did. I, I agree. I was a big Ben Simmons. You know, I wasn't a proponent of Ben because he wasn't scored and this and that. But 15 rebounds, 15 assists. I know he only scored six points, but he was 0 for 6 from the line. Even if he gives me four out of six on a good day, that's 10 points. Where were all the people at Russell Westbrook when he was throwing up 13, 17, and 18, calling him a Hall of Famer? And, but now we're killing Ben for the same kind of game. That's all I'm saying. So I think we really need to look in the mirror and say, this is the playoffs. We won the game. The guy is special in that realm. He, he's not ever going to be what you want him to be, John. You know what I mean? That's like you tell him, he's not going to be the guy, so get over it. Either 
get over it and move on or just enjoy what you're watching because there's no other way to put it anymore. Right, because they, they've, I mean, honestly, they look good, I thought, on Sunday. Uh, and I thought Listen, Ben looked good. <laughs> I don't yeah, know why. Oh, I couldn't believe, because, Tony, that was one of those where I'm watching the game, and I'm not looking at the box score. I'm just watching the game, and for the entire first half, I'm going, man, Ben looks great today. Like, he's he's being aggressive, and, you know, he looks really good. But then you see Twitter and then the box score, and you're going, Oh, he only has six points, and why? Why are people complaining about that? Like, I, I don't know. He looks great. It was just one of those. It was, it was really odd, really odd. No, I, I, listen. Some of his passes were unbelievable. And again, at the end of the day, the reason why I brought up the Pistons is because there's two guys in Danny Green and Seth Curry. As long as those guys continue to contribute with knocking down above average shots from the arc and scoring double digit points. Ben Simmons is exactly what you need on this team to win the championship if those guys are contributing, right? That's, that's the main thing, John. Those guys have to contribute that is because Ben's going to be feeding them the ball. So at the end of the day, if he drops 15 dimes and out of those 15 dimes, you know, seven of those shots go in, right? And, you know, or, or, or all, obviously 15 shots go in because they're 15 dimes, but 15 shots times that's 30 points, right? So – if, if he scores 30 or dishes out 30, does it make a difference? All right, at the end of the day, I think people are looking at this wrong. You know, if he dishes out seven dimes, that's 14 points. Okay, he only scored six. Do you want him to zero assists of 14 points? So does it matter where they come from? I don't really think they do right now. The matter is they just need to score points and they'll be okay. Yeah, completely agree. Um, do you think that they end up sweeping the Washington Wizards? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I think, I think the first game, uh, you know, w- was the game that Washington could have won. You know, uh, Sunday night, I, and I don't know if you call it, we, you know, we had Allah on, and Allah was great, and, and he said the same thing. Like, look, listen, man, it's the first game, it, you know, the, the Sixers have been resting. Washington went to battle. They, they're, they're, they're on an adrenaline rush of any game that they could win would be the first game, and we stopped them. So, now they're done. In my opinion, that, that's the sweep. It was game one. It was either going to be 4-1 or it was going to be 4-0, and I think it's 4-0 now. So real quick, uh, for the Game 2s tonight, we have Nets, Celtics, Suns, Lakers, Clippers, Mavericks. Let's go rapid fire here for teams, not just for Game 2, but teams you, uh, after watching Game 1, that you think are Mm -hmm. going to win the series. Nets, Celtics, probably Nets, right? Yeah, 100%. There's just not enough firepower for Boston. Suns, Lakers. Oh, dude, you know I'm a big season. This is why I'm asking, because these two games uh, next are really tough. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love it. I, I, I'm a big CP3 guy, big LeBron hater. Call me what you want. But <laughs> I, I am. It is what it is. But at, at the end of the day, I'm all in on Phoenix, man. I've been in all, all year. I love what they have, and they really showed me something in game one, so I'm on Phoenix. Clippers, Mavericks. I, I still think it's Clippers. I do, I know too. Dallas, yep. You know what I mean? I know they got the get first game. I get it. And, and this this is kind of the same thing we just talked about with the Sixers, right? If any of these teams, the lower seeds are going to win, it's always going to be game one. So Dallas got the game one, but the Clippers will be back. They're too strong. Uh, I, there's no doubt in my mind that they win that series. Tony Jigsaw Cotillo, if you want to hear more from him, hear more fantasy rankings. If you want to hear more Tony talking some basketball, talking Sixers, Phillies, all of it, uh, Heat Ratio Sports, and on his Twitter account, at TCatillo23. Uh, Tony, always good chatting up with you. It's always a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it, John. You, you, you have a good busy week, brother. Thank you. You too. Uh, Tony Jigsaw Cotillo, again, follow him at TCatillo23.